0: Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Net Jabbar. This is going to be episode 104. This is going to be part two of uh, Archbishop Vigano responding to a cloistered nun's letter. Uh, so before we begin, let's say a prayer, please. Um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Holy Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, you instructed the hearts of thy faithful. By the light of thy Holy Spirit, grant us, by the same Holy Spirit, to have right judgment in all things, and ever to rejoice in his consolation, we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, this is going to be part two. Uh, last week, uh, not last week, just last episode, excuse me. Uh, we were started reading a letter of a cloistered nun to Archbishop Maria Viganò, who uh, has sort of like put put himself against um the uh what do you call it the the pope francis and his uh movement uh because there were certain corruptions that were coming to light um the McCarrick scandal and other things now the nun here this cloistered sister um was rather is is worrying because she's worried about The very few uh, organized movements um, that are going against to 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 stand up to speak up against uh, Pope Francis. She doesn't call him Pope Francis. She refers to him as Bergoglio. Uh, Remember, this pandemic came upon us suddenly, but it's not just like just suddenly. In October of last year in 2019 uh Pope Francis had uh an Amazonian synod the opening of the Amazonian synod was in the in the papal gardens in the uh the uh, Amazonian Indians and a few other uh kind of like social justice warriors uh people from Catholic relief agencies charities stuff like that people who basically practiced liberation theology with native people brought a pachamama statue in the papal gardens not far from the tomb of saint peter and right in front of pope francis and a few cardinals and bishops they prostrated themselves paid homage to pachamama all right in front of him one of the um, native people, Amazonian people representative, gave him a black ring. And later on, Pope Francis allowed the Pache Mama statues to be placed in churches that were dedicated to the Virgin Mary. Okay. Uh, during that time, a lot of people were complaining towards the sacrilege and apostasy and disrespect towards our Lord that this was going on. I mean it was a it was like a, a hippie festival. I don't know if you've seen the videos. They had an image of a young woman on a canoe, her face painted, and they were dancing her around. There was a lot of Native Americans performing ceremonies. There were a lot of Marxist symbolism in one of the churches dedicated to the Virgin Mary. There was an image of a woman, a photo of a woman with a baby in one, on one arm, breastfeeding. And this strange sort of like swamp piglet creature breastfeeding on her other breast. Very blasphemous symbol. It was then that a young Austrian, um, Alexander Schuvel, uh, I know I'm pronouncing his name wrong, took the Pache Mama statues and cast them over a bridge into the Thames. or oh, I'm sorry, not Thames, to the uh, river, the, the river uh, uh, in Rome. Of course, that was the, he was a lay person. He's not a priest. He was praised for it. Pope Francis was upset about it, but it was during those that time, unbeknown to us in China, in in Wuhan, that this pandemic broke out. And within weeks, October into November, by December, there were it was spreading and Chinese New Year showed up. A lot of Chinese nationals traveled, went to places like Milan, Italy, New York, other parts of Europe. And before you know it, by the time we got to January, it was spreading. And then by the time January, then February, there were rumors going on. There were talks about it, uh, about a shutdown in New York. By mid-March, everything was shut down. And then now we're we're going into this this now this part two of it. We're going to phases of opening up, but now we have political unrest everywhere. Statues, political statues are being brought down. We're in a we're in an election year. There's a lot going on. A lot of different pieces on the chessboard. All right, the shutdown first part of the shutdown okay hurt people financially. All right, and then. Mayors and governors were, were shaming citizens, hardworking citizens from opening up their businesses, people who felt that their livelihood was being ruined. They had bills to pay and, and a lot of the governors and mayors and officials uh, were doing everything they can uh, to shame their uh, good, hardworking Americans, their citizens, and you know, threatening them threatening them if they opened up people protested sorry the noise outside protested and again uh they didn't burn anything down they didn't loot it wasn't until the minneapolis incident happened that the looting and and the burning and the destruction began and antifa came out and a lot of the political standstills began and now Of course, there's threats about a second wave of the pandemic. Well, the nun here, and responding to Vigano, uh, to some of his earliest letters, was saying that this has not gone unknown, Uh, you know, unnoticed by many people. They're looking at how these events played out. They're looking at these events playing out. And there are a lot of people who are seeing the great movers and shakers of the world, the, the powerful players, economic and, um, and social, are using this as an opportunity to reshape events. Some of them are calling it the new industrial age. All right, Because of the fact that uh, a lot of people are going to be forced to go cashless. People are not using cash anymore. They're using their credit cards and their debit cards. They're buying things online. Uh, Other great movers and shakers of the world, they want to uh, establish more transparency and more easily tracking. They want to see what people are reading. They want to see what people are purchasing. They want to see what people, uh, who they're affiliated with religiously and politically. Uh, Basically, you are in uh, a tracking system. Some even taught about putting tracking devices into people. Uh, A lot of people are getting nervous about this so-called vaccination for this pandemic. Some say that numbers were actually fixed to make it look high. The death rate was not as bad. Others are are all kinds of things you can say. We're not going to choose a side. We're, you know, I mean, we could, you know, we could listen to different news reports and everything. But the point is, from the religious angle, this is not going unnoticed. Vigano later on, not too long ago, wrote a letter to President Donald Trump warning him about certain dark, a dark government as well as that there was a dark church. I read it on my podcast and I read it on the YouTube channel. You can check it out. And there's a question about the fact, even Trump tweeted Vigano's letter And it got noticed by many, many people. Religious and non-religious. Catholic and Protestant. People are starting to pay attention and people are starting to wonder what's going on. Okay, the whole world, our world has gone upside down. Okay, this is different than 9-11. Way different than 9-11. So, in the last episode... Um, she talked about the the fact that there aren't there doesn't seem to be a lot of movement from the real church inside at least not that we uh, maybe there is but we just don't know about it but there is a lot of people noticing there is a lot of people noticing on on different levels I think there is a movement we just don't know about it um, you know but the fact that who any movement to oppose and she uses the his his birth name Bergoglio. she doesn't call him by his proper name pope francis uh there's a lot of questions about his position as pope still but we're going to call him pope francis uh no for for uh for respectability's sake um and then the fact that she talks about that this is obviously moving in one in her other part of the letter uh Setting the stages for the Antichrist. I know a lot of people are looking at this as conspiracy theory, but you got to you got to think about it. We've had Antichrists. We've had Antichrists of different kind. Um, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, Lenin, Napoleon Bonaparte was also considered an Antichrist. Uh, Henry the Eighth was considered an Antichrist. Uh, the uh, Ottoman Turkish emperors were considered antichrists. Uh, there's a lot of different different figures out there that have anyone who basically opposed Jesus Christ and opposed him, uh, both as ruler of this world and as son of God. Even the prophet of Islam, who denied him as God and son of God, was considered an antichrist to Christians. So uh, Arius, who denied Christ in the flesh, denied him that he was God, that he was both God and man, was considered an Antichrist. There's all kinds of figures, all kinds of figures in history. They were all just stages for the ultimate Antichrist that will come, who will oppose everything. So um, this is one factor of the whole thing in the letter. She points out this. Uh, but she notices that Francis is making a lot of Pope Francis is making a lot of moves to pose anyone against him, which is true. Um, but she told him that he's not alone and that he he's doing the right thing and he should continue doing what he's doing. Now we're going to go into his response, and she she makes mention to Maximilian, uh, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, and the the Order of the Immaculata the Order of the Miraculous Medal. Uh, refer in Mac- Maximilian Colbe was uh, during World War II. He died in the concentration camps. He died in place of a Jewish father, husband and father. Um, and she mentions Pope, um, a bull by Pope Pius IX, authoritatively who declares Mary, Our Lady, to be the eternal enemy of the devil. And you know better than I that the battle which I refer is precisely this one. The real stakes in this battle are the eternal salvation of many souls. Sister Lucia, the last of the Fatima seers, said that the final battle in the final final days will be Lucifer attacking the family. Now, um, the Black Lives Matter movement on their website says that they oppose the traditional family unit, that is husband, father, uh, husband, father, mother, uh, wife, and children. They actually say they want to abolish that. They want to abolish the patriarchy. They want to abolish the traditional family movement. That they are for transgenderism. That they're, you know, that they're for uh, gay movements. But they say that they want to abolish the traditional family movement, the the unit, traditional marriage. Now, uh, that that falls under that, that falls under that, uh, that that prophecy, right there. And we've been seeing that for the last, uh, you know, couple of years, even more, of even children being taught to be confused. A gender confusion about their gender identity. Uh, now the Supreme Court just passed uh, a civil rights law that protects transgenderism and gender and, and gender gender uh, confusion. You know, as a civil right, that they have to uh, the, the the businesses and everyone has to accept it regardless of what the person says and what the person describes themselves. <clears throat> it falls under that. Um, the traditional family unit is being threatened. There is a um, Harvard professor who is wants to end homeschooling, feels that homeschooling is a threat. To the uh, to them, because uh, the fact that many people are traditional Christians, who uh, who want to raise their children in a traditional a traditional values. I mean, it's it's not a law, but still, it's your right. The Constitution gives you that right. But the state, these people want the state to be the one to decide what's right. she's giving archbishop vingono encouragement to not give up and that's that's important but we have to remember that our lady is the eternal enemy the uh the woman that will crush the head of the devil the serpent all right the one who bore the seed which is the word become flesh our lord jesus christ and that's what's important here we have to remember that um you know, and it's interesting here, in one of her uh, words, I want to read it, she talks about um, about St. Saint, Saint Clair, uh, I'm guessing St. Clair of Assisi, when she mentions here the Saracens, the Saracens uh, were, um, there were Muslims, they were Muslims and attacked certain parts the, the, of Italy, they, at uh, times, went further into Uh, The territories of Italy, they've kidnapped uh, families, women and children, sold them into slavery. Um, And they were going over the walls of the monastery. And I don't know exactly the miracle, I have to look it up, where they were forced to flee and never return. Something happened. Um, And it says, she mentions here, she who was defined as the most faithful footprint of the Mother of God at St. Clair. And it was in virtue of her love for the most blessed sacrament, the true light against any sort of darkness. I say this because these are the powers in which we trust and which are so feared by our enemies. The miracle occurred only at the last moment when all human hope had been erased. If the triumph of the Immaculate Heart is not far off, now is the time of the battle and she who is our leader and co-redemptrix wants to see us fight, suffer and implore her victory, which is already at the gates. There you go. That's something I really uh, want to talk about. the fact that there's a chance that there, there is going to happen where our lady, our Lord will send his mother at the final minute at the final hour of our desperation and we will and the whole world will know this. Everybody will know this. All right, so let's begin with Vigano's response. Dear sister, thank you very much for your letter, which I read attentively. I fully share your clear and realistic vision of the present situation of crisis that involves the church and the world. With a supernatural gaze cooperated by sacred scripture and various messages of Our Lady, we can understand that in this moment we can now see with greater clarity of the real dimensions of the apocryl clash between good and evil, between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. What leaves us only truly scandalized is seeing how the top levels of the hierarchy are openly placing themselves at the service of the prince of this world, Adopting the demands made by the United Nations for the globalist agenda, Masonic Brotherhood, Maltism, uh, Ecologicalism, and uh, Immigrationism. I'm hoping I'm saying the words correctly because I muddled them a few times. What is being created is a single world religion without dogma or morals, according to the wishes of the Freemasonry. It is obvious that Bregoglio, along with those who are behind him and support him, aspires to preside over this infernal parody of the Church of Christ. I am sure that you have also noticed, dear sister, the insistence of so many prelates and Catholic media on the presumed necessity of a new world order. Cardinals and bishops have spoken about it, as well as uh, La. Civiltia, cattolica Vaticana News, uh, Avenira, Aze, Azeverto Romano, my Italian's terrible. I know it, with the arrogance of those who are able to say things that are that were once unheard of, in the Catholic circles, th- thanks to the protection they enjoy from the leadership of the hierarchy. But on a closer look, the ability of the wicked to move and act to conceal their intentions is much less than first thought. They are so certain of having already reached their objectives that they are openly revealed their intentions with arrogance and ostentation, laying aside the prudence and atuteness that formerly permitted them to remain hidden. Behold, how openly the proponents of the world government and the elite who want to impose their tyranny on the people may now be seen. Behold how along with them a neo-paganism is also openly revealing itself as the religious army of this tyranny, defined by some as a green apostasy. We know who they are, what motivates their actions, and what their goals are behind them. There is always the prince of this world against whom the queen of victory leads our battle, our battered militia together with a far greater and terrible army of celestial hosts. But since we have already chosen what side we are on in the field of battle, we must not fear, because our Lord has already conquered while he offers us the precious opportunity to wave for ourselves an especially glorious crown in these ap- apocalyptic days. I believe that the essential point for effectively conducting a spiritual, doctrinal, and moral battle against the enemies of the Church is the persuasion that the present crisis is the maltese of the conciliar cancer. If we have not understood the casual relationship between Vatican II, and its logical and necessary consequences over the course of the last sixty years, it will not be possible to steer the rudder of the Church back to the direction given by her divine helmsman, the course that has maintained for two thousand years. For decades they catechized us with hateful phrase, there is no going back, with regard to the liturgy, the faith, the moral, the teaching, penance, penance, asceticism today we hear the same expression slavishly repeated in the civil sphere through which the attempt is made to indoctrinate the masses that nothing will be as it was before modernism and covid 19 are part of the same brand for anyone who has their gaze towards the transcendent it is not difficult to understand that the greatest fear of those who want us to believe that the race towards the abyss is both unavoidable and unstoppable is that we will not believe them ignore them and unmask their conspiracy this is our duty today to open the eyes of many people both clergy and religious we have not yet put together the overall picture of limiting themselves to looking at reality only in their partial and disjointed way as soon as we have helped them to understand the mechanism they will understand everything else it is possible to go back Dear sister, it is possible to do so in such a way that the good that was fraudulently taken from us may be restored, but only in the coherence of doctrine. All right, hold on. Lost my place a little bit because of the noise outside. Only in the coherence of doctrine without compromise, without yielding, without opportunism, the Lord will dine to grant us a share in his victory, even if we are weak and without material means. Only if we will abandon ourselves totally to him and to his most holy mother. I entrust myself to your prayers, to the prayers of your fellow sisters. I bless you and your entire community from my heart. Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop. Translated by Giuseppe Pellegrino. Alright, I wanted to read it again because I thought this was important. He says that, we they were told when vatican ii happened that there was no way of going back and i mentioned the this whole thing of hermeneutics a continuity of hermeneutics well no the church that we have is more protestant it's a free it's designed yes the the sacraments are valid this mass the mass of this vatican ii church i've been to i've been to father rutlers uh, liturgical services on Good Friday, Father Rutler. I've been to his some of his services. He does he does the mass more reverently. All right, it has a more it has a, a stronger Catholic theme, a more sacramental theme. It can be done properly. The priest, even in the uh, Norma Soto, can face properly properly to the tabernacle or to the to uh, or at Orientum. It can be done. And it's not impossible. The problem is, is that they wrote it and they created it in a way where it can be abused. And you got to remember, all this was done so that people would not know their faith. You know, they would, I mean, look, look what happened. You think, how many people are going to, you think are going to return to Mass after this shutdown? When they sat at home. I haven't been to Mass since then. I still don't even know how am I going to go to mass. I don't like the idea of going to mass wearing a mask, uh, you know, covering my my mouth. And I don't even know if a lot of these 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 uh, uh, our pastors are going to allow us to to receive communion on the tongue. Will they oppose that? I don't know. I don't know. And the fact and the fact remains is a lot of people are indifferent. With all the scandals going on with the money scandals going on with the lying and the covering up there's some people who are very 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 much i mean they'll they'll be happy to drop their relationship with the church very quickly and not show up to mass anymore maybe not show up for the next couple of years they they bent the knee to black lives matter they before they can even open up the churches they're so politically aware, they're so woke that they that they they, they they abandon our Lord. All right. This letter was beautiful. It's a beautiful letter. And I like it. And he pointed out that You know, to what's going on, he pointed out to the Freemason. He pointed out that they—they're telling people now, even in this political sphere, there's no going back to the way things used to be after COVID nineteen. All right, you can bet they're gonna try to—they're gonna try something else. They're gonna try something else to—to try to impose their power and authority. And one of the things that they really didn't like is the birth of nationalism with the coming of Trump's uh, uh, office election They don't like this nationalism. They don't like the nationalism that's going on in Poland They don't like the nationalism going on in England. They don't like the nationalism going on in Italy They don't like the nationalism that's going on in the United States. They don't like any of it. They can't have nationalism They can't have any of that. Why do you think they're removing statues? Why do you think this Sean King wants to remove images of Catholicism? because nationalism creates populism. They don't want any of that and they call it they try to associate it with being a racist and being a white supremacist. It's not true. All right, a black man and a hispanic man and asian man can be just as patriotic uh, and love America and they have every right to. Someone from the Caribbean or Africa can love England and be, and be a nationalist and a populist and even in England it doesn't you know there's, there's, there's no racism there. this is equally as someone who's british, someone from even like places like Russia who grew up in England or the United States can love can love america and and England this is this is just there they don't want this they want to get rid of it and they want to create a whole new government. We all this time, which was a conspiracy theory, now is coming to be true. And people like Bill Gates And George Soros And many others Have been part of this for a long time And the church has been in the way They can't have a strong Catholic church They cannot have A holy pope They needed someone like Francis Which is why Francis is diminishing The power and the authority of the papacy He doesn't even stay In the papal palace He stays in a hotel You know he stays, he, board, he boards himself there. He mocks traditional Catholicism. He sounds Catholic when he wants to. You know? He, that's, that's when it's convenient for him. But he is definitely the agent, uh, a, a pawn for the Freemasons. Whether he's a Freemason himself, I don't know. But he has definitely um he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't care about the papacy. What I'm worried about now is when he's gone, who will get elected? I'm gonna be scared of the next one coming after him. I'm more frightened of the one I don't see now that I know him and now I know about benedict benedict um he just had a very old i mean he just wanted i mean I don't know I don't know what to say about him. He disappointed me at the same time. He's a fantastic genius about Christianity and about the life of our Lord and about understanding Christianity, but he's been a disappointment as well. So going down this list, but he says it's not impossible to go back and it's possible to go back. Yes, but the only problem is just as one can go extremely too far to the left, there are some people that can go too far to the right. And just as someone on the left can be empty of Christ, someone on the right can also be empty of Christ. Too far right. Too extremously to the right. Um, The Trinity, the trads, the Trinity, some Trinity Catholics are more devoted to tradition than they are to, um, in a sense, to substance of Christ. Uh, there's a lot of people who feel, who believe that just because they, they're into um, the Latin, you pray in Latin, you, you receive communion, kneeling on the tongue, that that will save them. No, because it could be all outward and no substance no no real substance of Christ no no holy spirit it's like you could be into tradition like the pharisees and empty of Christ that is worrisome that is that is seriously seriously worrisome let me say this because i've heard about that they're unwelcoming they're unwelcoming they can be completely unwelcoming uh, uh to to people who want to want to attend a traditional latin mass and that's dangerous because i mean we see this now with uh this particular society now with the sexual abuse scandal among them they they held you know the one that archbishop Lefebvre, uh society of pious uh i mean you know the society that basically now has all the scandals going on now the abuses they're all tradition, they're all conservative on the outside, but it turns out they got a lot of sin inside, and it can happen. The devil does this deliberately. He can push people so far to the left that they're perverse, and he can push people too far to the right with no love for God, no love for purity, no love for, 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 for chastity, no love for justice. All right? And, and no, you know it, they develop their own paganism. It can happen to either one of us. It can happen to either side. That's why you need a real real spiritual renewal of the heart. You need to have Christ in you. And you have to be aware of sin. Remember what our Lord said to Cain. You know, if you're not careful, sin has a door crouching like a wild animal to capture you. If you don't master it, it will master you. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we you know, we read enough. So um, next one I'm going to do on this John King character. And we'll see from there, all right? So let's end it with a short prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. So, um, if you like what I do guys, uh, subscribe, share, and, uh, tell other people about this. Also, you can visit my YouTube channel. I'm trying to load up another one. Um, if you like that, um, uh, you can listen to that and, you know, you, uh, I, I'm trying to make it as interesting as possible, uh, on this, but you know, it takes time to do these things. It's not easy. So, um, Anyway, God bless, and we'll be together again soon. Amen.